This is the Bob Long Sports Podcast. Google me. That's why I don't read the newspaper. You can put it on the board. You cannot be serious. Good evening to all. Welcome in. Hey, good evening to all. Welcome into the pavilion on the campus of Villanova University, the home opener and the season opener for the 2016 NCAA National Champions, the Wildcats to face the Leopards of Lafayette. Bob Long here to bring you the pregame show, and it's live on Bob Long Sports. Thanks for joining us this evening. The pavilion, a 6,500-seat venue in Radnor, Pennsylvania, about to take an entirely new facelift in the next few years. Villanova likely to have to play a year in the Palestra or some other venue around town in order to uh, make room and make time, make the renovations a reality. Mr. Finneran, a wealthy and generous alum, gave $26 million to the program in order to fast-track this possibility, fast-track these renovations. So the pavilion, uh, maybe not for long here at Villanova, or at least not as we know it. The pavilion has been in, in, uh, in operation since 1985, the year after the season after they won the national championship, and has stood pretty much until today in its current construction. Again, very excited the Villanova fan base and Nova Nation is for the new operation of the pavilion. But for today and for the rest of this season, this is the home venue of the reigning national champions. A 35-5 and team from last year, led by Ryan Archidiakono, led by Daniel Ochefu. Both of them are now gone, and the reins are turned over to the then juniors, but now seniors, Josh Hart and Chris Jenkins, among others. Josh Hart, a preseason All-American, the first since Kerry Kittles back in the 1990s. Uh, Josh Hart is a guy that can do anything on the floor, uh, very efficient from the scoring perspective, can go up and get rebounds. At only 6'5", he can go in there and muscle against some of the bigger and wider bodies, not only in the Big East but across the country. Hart, one of the keys this year. Chris Jenkins, owner of the shot, the guy that sent the Villanova Wildcats to immortality. The 2016 National Champions, Jenkins hits the three off the feed from Ryan Archidiakono against North Carolina in the NCAA Tournament Final from NRG Stadium in Houston. He will live in fame forever because of that, but now he's just another key for Villanova as they look to repeat again this year. It starts tonight. Probable starting lineups for this Villanova Wildcats team out of the Big East. Josh Hart and Chris Jenkins, no surprise there. Replacing Daniel Ochefu will be 6'9 forward Daryl Reynolds at 240 pounds. He's bulked up a lot in the offseason. Continued to improve the footwork, and Villanova fans hope the offensive side of the game. Really, it comes down to a few games last year that he started to put it together. St. John's, Providence, games where he was really, really able to show that he has some potential. Daniel Ochefu had the 
a misfortune of being in foul trouble from time to time. Reynolds really got some good minutes. He's going to be leaned on today at 6'9", the tallest member of the starting five for Villanova. In the backcourt, Phil Booth and Jalen Brunson. Phil Booth, one of the heroes in the 2016 NCAA championship game, going off especially a big shot right before half to cut the lead from seven to five after a Josh Hart block on the other end. That got Villanova rolling at that point. Jalen Brunson out of Lincolnshire, Illinois, son of Rick Brunson who played at Temple. Spurned Temple to come to Villanova and now with Ryan Archidiakono leaving for the NBA. It's Brunson's show at the point. An undersized guard at, listed at 6'2". Tough to believe for even a second there, a bit overstatted, but at 6'2", 199, Brunson, a bit of an undersized guard that is not overly quick, but very, very solid with the basketball, and Brunson's going to be a huge key for this team this year. Guys you won't see tonight, and one in particular, the number one recruited player out of the state of Ohio last year, redshirt Omari Spellman. It's an academic redshirt, academically ineligible. He was ruled just a, a few months before the season by the NCAA. Certainly a bit of a shot to the gut of this Villanova team that knew was losing Daniel Ochefu coming into this year and counted on Spellman to be that guy besides Daryl Reynolds in the front court. But without Omari Spellman, you'll look at Mikhail Bridges, a really long 6'7". The wingspan doesn't tell you 6'7". But the height is 6'7". He can go up and get rebounds. He can run the floor and finish at the bucket. The three-point shot improved last year as well. He's probably the first off the bench for this Villanova team. Eric Paschal, also 6'7", a much wider body, however, sat out the year last year after transferring from Fordham. He's going to be a big key for this team. S served as essentially playing the other team's best shooter last year when he played uh, with the scout team. And, uh, and Paschal... A big-time player, you're going to see a very Chris Jenkins-like player that will play a little bit more inside. Dante DiVincenzo ended up getting his red shirt, thankfully for the Villanova Wildcats. At 6'5", 205, possibly the best athlete on this Villanova team. Won the Don contest at Midnight Madness the first year he was here. Unfortunately, was sidelined with an injury. Was able to redshirt the rest of last year. He comes back better and ready to go for this year as well. Dylan Painter, a guy that we'll see in, in a, you know likely limited action at this point. But I think going eight deep, this Villanova team is very, very strong this year. Getting Spellman back next year. But uh, it's a team that comes off the national championship welcoming Lafayette. Lafayette out of the Patriot League was in the NCAA tournament two years ago. Faced off against Villanova in Pittsburgh in a 1-versus-16 matchup, one that Villanova won going away. We'll preview the Leopards in just a few minutes, but right now we're going to go to our friend and colleague Dick Weiss. Dick Hoops Weiss was with us at the Philadelphia Hall of Fame Sports Dinner where Villanova was honored as a Pride of Philadelphia Award winner. And Dick had some great things to say, not just about the national championship team, but about his experience covering Final Fours and Villanova in general. So we'll send it now to our friend and colleague, Dick Weiss. Houston, you were down there in Houston, one of 45 trips to the Final Four. I know, it's pretty amazing. Every 31 years, a Philadelphia team wins the national championship. <laughs> That's right. It, LaSalle it, it in 54. It in 54 with LaSalle. Yeah. It happened in 85 with Villanova, and now it happened last year with Villanova. Uh, 
I think this one probably had more drama attached to it because it's probably the shot that will resonate more with local college basketball fans than anyone else. I mean, Chris Jenkins was on a roll, but no one saw that one coming, especially after they had lost uh, an eight-point lead to Carolina. If this thing goes overtime, uh, I'm not... I'm not thinking we're uh, in total celebration mode, but uh, Jenkins made a great shot off a great pass from Ryan Arch, and uh, it was special for Philadelphia. So I know this, obviously, this most recent Final Four stands out. It's right. on another level. Uh, but thinking of the, the previous 44 that you had been I really, to. I really like Villanova's win in 85 over Georgetown because it was the perfect game. They shot 90% in the second half. They shot 76 for the game. They were double-digit underdogs and found a way to win. It was Philadelphia's first championship since LaSalle and Tom Golan, 54. And when that, when something like that happens, you never think you're actually going to cover a team that wins it. But I was at Daily News at the time, and I was still pinching myself uh, three months later in the Rose Garden when they uh, met with the president. Uh, Roly Massimino probably coached six perfect games, and he had the plus of not having a shot clock or a three-point goal. If if they had the lead with four minutes to play, the game was over because they never missed a critical three-throw during that entire period of time. They beat some really good teams, too. I mean, they beat Maryland, they beat Carolina, they beat Memphis, they beat Georgetown. It's pretty impressive. That was Dick Weiss at the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame dinner and reflecting on Villanova, both in 2016 and 31 years prior, the 1985 national champions, the perfect game against Patrick Ewing and the Georgetown Hoyas. We bring you back now to the pavilion on the campus of Villanova University as the fans start to pile in. A national championship will certainly do a lot for a program, and that is certainly an understatement, but... This program has been good here at home. 169 straight sellouts, as I mentioned, after a national championship, the first game back to the floor. No reason to think that's changing. Another sellout here at the Pavilion. That's 170 straight, including 39 straight wins on this home floor. We mentioned Villanova Wildcats high in the polls this year. They're number four overall, number three in the USA Today poll. And they have an All-American first team preseason All-American Josh Hart. The first time since Kerry Kittles that we saw a Villanova Wildcat be honored. As well as Chris Jenkins, who was also on the James Naismith National College Player of the Year watch. Villanova, how do they do it in the tournament? It was with great defense and sharp shooting. They shot over 50% in every one of the six games they played. Compare that to their three-point percentage over the course of the regular season. Just 362. Fans may remember the atrocious start in the year, especially the game against Oklahoma at Pearl Harbor in a high school gym out there in Hawaii. And that continued over the course of the year. Can pr- continue to improve, though, toward the end and then really put it all together into the tournament. And this team, they come in with an idea with a goal and a motivation to repeat as national champions. It's certainly a long, long way to go. But this Villanova team believes that they are up to task. It's going to be led by Josh Hart, going to be left, and certainly led by Chris Jenkins, as well as guys like Dante DiVincenzo 
and, and Phil Booth. I mean, those guys are going to be huge for this team, guys that were more role players last year, but with the departures of Ochefu, of Archidiakono, those guys take more of a center stage, and you may see a longer team this year with Villanova, not necessarily at the forward position because no one replaces the 6'11 Ochefu, but in terms of Booth getting 25, 30 minutes a game, I think that's going to be key from a defensive perspective to have Hart and Bridges out on the wing. Absolutely huge for Villanova, and I believe a very stalwart defensive output that they can put out onto the floor, not to mention the offensive efficiency that Josh Hart brings to the table. Got lots more interviews coming this evening, folks. We'll start now with Villanova graduate and now graduate student, Tom Trainer. Tom Trainer, a four-year varsity athlete at Villanova, member of the track and cross-country team, and now on a Fulbright scholarship through Villanova University to the University of the West Indies in Jamaica. He had some great perspective when we got to talk to him earlier in the day about the Villanova National Championship and the guys they return this year. This is the pregame show for Villanova against Lafayette, live from the Pavilion, and we have former varsity track and cross-country athlete and current Fulbright scholar at the University of the West Indies. It's Tom Trainer. Tom was at the Final Four last year in Houston, saw the national championship. Tom, welcome uh, from abroad. Thanks so much for joining us on the show here. And uh, First of all, what's it mean to have been a student and to be at that game when Villanova captured its first national championship in 31 years. Well, first of all, thanks, Bob. Happy to be here from sunny Jamaica. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. And last year, wow, that meant so much, especially as a student, uh, somebody who was a member of the class of 2015, and last year I was in my first year as a master's student, and just what we had been through uh, especially my class, coming to Villanova and, you know, the excitement, especially if you're a sports fan, somebody who follows basketball like myself, coming to Villanova, you know, you're excited to be a part of this great basketball tradition and you're used to watching Villanova win games and always be a contender in the Big East Championship and it's almost a given that they're going to make the NCAA tournament and make runs. So the first couple years as a student in 2011, 2012, 2013, it was, it was tough. It was tough to go through that first year not making the NCAA tournament and then um, you know, the struggles with the great teams we had in 2014, 2015 and not being able to make it out of the first weekend of the tournament and knowing that you had after watching and following this team so closely all year all year long in both both of those seasons knowing how good of a team you had and how hard the kids had worked and how well they represented the university as a whole and then the other the rest of the country not being able to see that uh, because for whatever reason we get unlucky against a hot UConn team who ends up winning the national championship, or we get unlucky and don't play our best against what was a very talented, with some NBA talent on their roster, NC State Wolfpack team. And it was just really hard. Um, and it was, so last year was a lot of vindication for students like myself who went through that whole era and hearing all the outside chatter and 
everything. And it was very similar to what, what Coach Wright always talked about, you know, that people could say what they wanted outside of the program, but in the program they were going to stay motivated and continue to do things the Villanova way and the right way and stay positive. And it was the same way in, you know, the student community, that people outside of the Villanova community were going to say what they wanted about our basketball team, about the Big East Conference as a whole, the new Big East Conference, and very skeptical, but we stayed hopeful. And last year, uh, you know, this, that national championship ride was was great for so many reasons, all the reasons I just mentioned, what we went through as a student body. And, and it means a lot more at a school like Villanova, I, th- I think, than a school like a Kansas um, or a UNC or a Kentucky. Because Villanova community, it's a small community. It's 6,400 undergrads. The you know the basketball players and the athletes you know aren't living in their own special private dorms. They're not going to their own special athlete cafeterias. They're in your classes. They're in your dorm. You see them walking across campus, and they're regular students. They're regular guys, very humble, and they represent the university very well. They're just you know they're they're regular kids who happen to be very very good basketball players. And so it it meant a lot because you felt like, you know, that wasn't just a basketball team that happened to be wearing your university's name on its chest. That was your team. It was our team. And, um, and so it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing to watch last year and something I'll never, never forget for the rest of my life. Talking to Tom Trainer here on the pregame show. That, my friend, was an audio billboard uh, for Villanova University, that last <laughs> answer to that question. Uh, take us through, because I think the last point you made there was very interesting, that they were very much a part of the community. They weren't off on their own. Students were able to interact with that team and obviously still are able to do so, given the size and scope of the university. Now, you, as a track athlete for four years on the varsity team, had even more of an opportunity, I'm certain, to be a part of uh, what the basketball team is about and see them walking through the halls, through the locker room. Uh, did you feel any sense that they had that pressure on their shoulders, the one you were talking about earlier in your point about not getting through the first weekend for one reason or another? You know, how palpable, if at all, was that sense amongst last year's team? And from what you could tell, how did they deal with it? Not at all. Uh, they didn't, I mean, and not at all, meaning I don't think they felt the pressure. They, I, I really think, you know, you can hear them answer all of the questions, all the critics saying, you know, well, we're, we're just going to continue to do what we do inside the program and not listen to all the chatter. And we're not going to let the early exits in the tournament define our program. You can, you know, you, you, as an outsider, it's easy to read that as, oh, they're just saying what, their coaches told them to say or what they need to say for publicity purposes. No, they, that, those were honest answers. Uh, I know, you know, I had a class with Ryan Archidiakono, um, had some friends, you know, that were friendly with Josh Hart, met him a few times, Daryl Reynolds. They're just normal guys. Henry Lowe um, was friendly with him. And they're just, I mean, they were regular kids who... I think never took themselves too seriously and just knew how special of a group they had amongst themselves. Uh, you know, the very unselfish culture 
amongst that, that team, and they have a lot of faith in each other. So there's all this chatter from the outside, all this pressure put on them, but I feel like they always knew they had it, each other, and they were always going to play their hardest and play their best. Uh, you know, they hustle more than any other team in the country, and but they never took, I never think they took the game or themselves too seriously. Obviously, they wanted to win. They hate losing more than anybody else. But I think they all had very good heads on their shoulders. I mean, I, mean, I even heard, you know, while, while the rest of the campus was almost, well, I shouldn't say the rest of the campus, myself and some other people like me were very upset with our positioning in the bracket last year, the draw we got. Felt like we got a raw deal from the selection committee. You know, oh, how can they put us, you know, having to possibly play Iowa in the second round, then Miami, and then Kansas. You know, how could they do that to us? And you I'm know, sure, not, Tom, not even able to go through Philadelphia. For exactly. those listening, they had the East Regional in Philadelphia. Yep. Villanova was, by all accounts, the top two seed. The top two seed should have had their basis on geography, based on their preference to be able to go there. They protected, the committee did, North Carolina, who was the number two overall seed, and sent Villanova to the south, the top two seed to play Kansas, the top one seed, which went against their directive. So, uh, to your point there. Exactly. So, you know, we felt like we had gotten a raw deal. But I never got that sense from the players. Actually, so I, after the selection show, I went out, went down, was down in the pavilion, actually, watching some of my buddies play an intramural game. And we were waiting for their game to start, and the varsity basketball players actually walked through the pavilion from the watch, the selection show watch party in uh, the Conley Center. And they walked past, and they didn't. We were all standing there complaining and moaning and somber about the draw we'd gotten. And the players walked through, and they were all joking around. They all looked positive and. You know, they we seem to be taking the draw much more hard, you know, difficultly than they were. And and then even a few days later, I was on the campus shuttle and I heard Chris Jenkins joking around and he was in an upbeat mood. So I think, like I said, I think they were guys that never took themselves or the games too seriously. They just always gave it their best and did what they could control. I think that was the important thing. They trusted each other and they just trusted always doing what they could control. So, um... So, yeah, I think they always stayed, stayed positive, to answer your question. And that was Tom Trainer from the University of the West Indies joining us all the way from Jamaica. Appreciate him, appreciate his time, and certainly his perspective being down in Houston last year. However, we spent enough time talking about Houston last year. This is now about this year trying to go to Phoenix for this Villanova team to get to the Final Four in 2016-2017. Josh Hart, a key to that, like we mentioned. and They're going to get some good competition early. Lafayette here, a team that we'll get to in just a second, uh, a team that may not be quite to the level of what Villanova may need to see on the way to a national championship or through a run through the NCAA tournament. But that said, this is a Lafayette team that's going to play hard. It was an NCAA tournament team two years ago, and Villanova's got to make sure they're dialed in. They're going to learn things about themselves tonight. A new crop of players coming in. We're going to see Eric Paschal, and we're going to see Dante DiVincenzo essentially for the first time. So those are certainly keys. But let's move forward to Monday night where the Wildcats will leave Philadelphia and take a trip out to Mackey Arena at Purdue. Matt Painter and the paint crew will be out there in high force as the Villanova Wildcats 
go to take a big 10 foe, and they go on the road to do so. Purdue last year, an early exit in the first round of the NCAA tournament to Little Rock, a team that came all the way back and won the game, a very tight one, an overtime game against Purdue, and one of the better games on the first weekend of last year's NCAA tournament. Purdue also has some new faces, led by an older face, who's a new face for the Boilermakers, your boy Spike Albrecht, a guy that made his mark in the NCAA championship game against Louisville in the year 2013. He's a fifth-year senior for now Purdue as he transferred from Michigan, a team that had Trey Burke, Mitch McGarry, and more. Carson Edwards, a highly touted freshman point guard that Villanova will have a lot to handle. Booth and Jalen Brunson, whoever ends up on Carson Edwards, I think a great matchup on Monday night. Finally, Vince Edwards. He's not a new face, but he's a very important returning face. The leading scorer for last year's Boilermaker team, Painter and co. will be leaning on Vince Edwards. And for Villanova's perspective, that game I think will be very interesting to see what type of role Dante DiVincenzo, Eric Paschal will have because I don't know what we're going to see tonight from them from a uh, bringing all the tricks out of the bag perspective, but that one they certainly will. Let's get to the Lafayette Leopards. As we mentioned, a 2015 NCAA tournament qualifying team. They play Villanova tonight, and they stay on the road on the 14th, Monday night, against St. Peter's, a 7 p.m. tip. But this, clearly, the highlight of their non-conference schedule. Eric Stafford, a junior guard at 6'5", a guy that didn't really play all that much in 2015-2016, but expected to take a much larger role in the backcourt. Nick Linder. Linder, the team's leading scorer last year, a 5'11 guard, averaging 13.3 points a game, four assists a game, and uh, he's a guy that will play most of the minutes here tonight. Matt Klinowski, Klinowski, a forward, who also averaged 13.3 points a game, averaged almost five boards. He's a guy at 6'8". You're going to see up against Daryl Reynolds tonight. Monty Boykins, a senior guard at 6'5", 195. Average over 10 points a game. And Paulina Zales, a uh, sophomore forward, 6'7", 202 pounds, average 7.5 a game. Newcomers for Lafayette this year, Hunter Janicek, Jimmy Panzini, Cal Reichwin, Dom Cristiano, Lucas Jarrett, Kyle Stout, and Miles Cherry. That's a heck of a lot of freshmen for this Lafayette team, a very young Leopard squad. The Lafayette head coach, Fran O'Hanlon, Nova fans will remember that name. A Nova point guard from the years 1967 to 1970. A large crop of folks here to celebrate Fran O'Hanlon as he returns to the main line to coach against the Villanova Wildcats. The crowd starts to file in here at the pavilion. The Villanova Wildcats 2015-2016 national champions. And the favorites to win the Big East again this year, Xavier, Creighton, Seton Hall, all teams to challenge. And it really does beg the question in the next part of our pregame show here, who has the best backcourt in the Big East Conference? And it's a tougher question than you think. Phil Bruth, Jalen Brunson, certainly inclined to go with the two youngsters there from last year that are taking on bigger roles. However, you look just across the state and into Ohio, even though Xavier had Jalen Reynolds and James Farr depart. Two guys in the front court. The guys that return, Trayvon Blewett and Edmund Sumner, both returning 
Very, very key guys for Xavier and fantastic guards. Creighton, Marcus Foster comes to town from Manhattan, Kansas. The Kansas State Wildcats lost out on a very, very good player. And now he transfers to Creighton. He averaged 12.6 points a game. Maurice Watson Jr. came in here and dominated Villanova from a scoring perspective last year. A game that Villanova ended up winning, but Marcus Maurice Watson can fill it up with the best of them. Now pausing here at the pavilion. A loud cheer from the Villanova student section. The band getting ready to play. It's directly behind us here. Just a little over 10 minutes until game time. The Villanova student section gets up and gets ready to go. But back to our backcourt discussion. I mean, Watson, Jr., and Foster could end up being the best backcourt in this conference. Foster's going to come in and do a great job. I think Watson and he are going to play off for each other extremely well. And then Blewett and Sumner, the most, absolutely the most experienced guards in this league. And guys that played 30, 35 minutes a game last year, they should do the same again this year. Seton Hall, another team that will be a solid force in this Big East Conference. Not in that backcourt discussion with Isaiah Whitehead leaving for the NBA, but Angel Delgado, Kadeen Carrington, two of the keys returning for the Pirates. Kevin Willard's squad looking for another good year and another NCAA berth. The Big Five here in Philadelphia. One of the greatest traditions in basketball anywhere. There's a game going on tonight, LaSalle against Temple. That's at the Leah Chorus Center. LaSalle and Temple, both members of the Big Five, but also the A-10, so an early conference matchup for both the Explorers and the Owls. Let's have a discussion with Drew Ansel. Drew Ansel is a manager or former manager for the LaSalle Explorers basketball team. Did a great job with John Giannini. Was there when they went to the NCAA tournament in 2013 and has a pulse on the Explorer team. Here's what Drew has to say about a new look Explorers team. Now we have on the pregame show before Villanova against Lafayette at the Pavilion. We're going to take a little bit of a side detour and we're going to talk LaSalle basketball as they have a huge game tonight as well. They take on Temple at the Leah Chorus Center, and there's a lot of new faces that we'll see on this Explorer basketball team. Here to talk about it with us, four-year manager of the LaSalle basketball team, Drew Ansel. Drew, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me, Bob. I'm doing well. Excited for this game. Excited for a different LaSalle basketball roster, without a doubt. Now, one guy that will still be... There and still putting up big numbers, Jordan Price, a guy that was one of the leading scorers and minute getters in the NCAA last year. He'll have some help. Pookie Powell coming from Memphis, likely to slot in at point guard. B.J. Johnson coming in from Syracuse at six seven, and then Demetrius Henry, Henry, the former South Carolina Gamecock, at six foot nine. If you could take us through these three transfers and what value they bring to this LaSalle basketball program, absolutely. Yeah, I mean. Having uh, graduated a couple years ago, I haven't seen a ton of them. I did get a couple looks at practice and um, against Carlton. And Pookie's kind of uh, what you said. I mean, he could slide right in and be the starter. Um, he's not big in size. He's, you know, 5'10", 5'11". Not a big kid, but really quick. Sees the court uh, very well. And as G, Coach G had mentioned um, in a couple interviews, he's been shooting the best in the preseason and training camp and everything. So um, Pookie, it'll, it'll definitely uh, be interesting to see how he 
fits into the offense and the flow because it sounds like he's kind of been everything you could hope for um, in what will be a sophomore, his sophomore campaign. Let's talk about B.J. Johnson. He's a guy that went up to Syracuse, saw limited action, uh, made the decision to come back home. He'll be playing every game in front of his family now and uh, an opportunity to play more minutes at the A-10 level. And, uh, and again, a very wide swath of talent and a very wide swath of, of personalities and backgrounds, these three guys that come in all from different places. How about B.J. Johnson? Yeah, so uh, B.J. actually follows his dad, who is a very talented uh, player for LaSalle back in, I want to say, late 80s, early 90s. Um, and he's like he's got to be the most athletic guy I've seen since we had Ramon Galloway. Um, he's 6'7", against Carlton, just, he was running, running guys down, blocking shots, can jump, plays plays a lot bigger than six seven at the rim, but on the perimeter plays like a guard. Um, I think he could be kind of that stretch four guy that can do it all. If you do pick and pop with him, he's a great shooter, um, but also an absolute freak in terms of his athletic ability. So he'll be he'll definitely be fun to watch, put up some points. But again, he passes the ball well. He rebounds extraordinarily well plays defense and you know he can kind of be that guy that that guards one through five and it's not not too much of a problem he can play as a guard when he needs to or he, he can play as a big so he'll definitely definitely have some minutes to contribute to LaSalle. Talking to Drew Ansel here a four-year manager for the LaSalle University basketball program they take on Temple tonight at the Leah Chorus Center and that was Drew Ansel as we mentioned uh, thanks so much to Drew for coming on give us just a few minutes about the LaSalle Explorers and giving us an idea and understanding of what Coach Dr. Giannini and the Explorers are looking forward to this year. We welcome back all our listeners to the pavilion on the campus of Villanova University as the hype video plays. Lafayette already out on the floor and Villanova about to embark upon one of the great traditions in any venue in the country. They come down through the student section from the top to the bottom and onto the floor, slapping hands along the way, led by the cheerleaders and the band playing in the background. The Villanova Wildcats, the national champions, about ready to take the floor. Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, Chris Jenkins, Daryl Reynolds, Mikhail Bridges and co. Ready to come out onto the floor and celebrate the fans and the fans ready to celebrate with them. Then the celebration ends pretty quickly. We get to basketball in just five minutes. Villanova basketball, the pregame show is live here on Bob Long Sports. Appreciate everybody being with us so far. The 35-5 and Villanova Wildcats, the national champions, now take the floor.
for Villanova, the fight song for the Wildcats in the background as they take the floor. Just a few minutes until tip-off, final thoughts here as we get ready for another campaign. This Villanova Wildcats team led by Jay Wright and this staff, they've done so well for so long to make this a consistent power. However, there was a time where it didn't seem as if they could take that next step, or at least for the opinion of some of those in the national media. Last year, they took it upon themselves. They played together. They believed it didn't matter who else did. A Wildcats team that shot the lights out. They played better defense. They played for one another. They played for the Villanova Nation. And now they come back with all the expectations on their shoulders. They get everybody's best shot, not just in the Big East anymore. And very much so, the eyes of the world are on the main line here in Pennsylvania. This Wildcats team is going to step to the occasion. They have the guys, they have the character to do so. Jay Wright's the right guy to lead this program. And they find themselves as strong as the program has ever been. 85, 71, 39, doesn't matter when. Those final four years, the program was in a great shape. Right now, the program's in the best shape that it's ever been. And Villanova basketball is back. Thanks for joining us here on the pregame show. Nova takes the floor. 2016-2017 college basketball is underway.